Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I gotta record something on my phone so I don't forget it. Give me a little something, mama. Give me a little something now. Give me a little something, daddy. You said you would, you gave me a round. Okay, I got that. You see, I've been writing this song in my dreams uh, a little bit at a time. The first dream was about a year ago, right after uh, Gyro. Good morning, Gyro. Good morning to you, Lighty. Lighty doesn't sleep at night, so I hope she's been keeping you company while you listen to me sleep sing. Wow, getting up there. Thank you to the 165 people who have been listening to me sleep. Feel free to send actual cash, letters, Obscene fan fiction. I am now carrying the laptop to the toilet and I am propping it on the sink. I don't want you to miss a drop. So, where were we in my non-linear life? Let's see, when Fintan died, my parents decided to finally take me out of boarding school, which I had begged them to do. So, in a way, it took a tragedy to Saved me from a false tragedy, I guess. And I arrived in Junction City like a teenage Oscar Wilde with nothing to declare but my genius. My recent bereavement and exotic accent lent me an air of glamour that was good for about three weeks of false popularity and the interest faded with my accent. But still, I craved attention. And I felt that the spring talent show was my ticket. The first shall be last. So I wrote what I felt was a very powerful song about nonconformism, which I sang while miming a self-crucifixion on an imaginary cross. When Patty Fief stole first prize with a feeble cover of the theme to Arthur with contrabassoon, 
I was truly shocked by the judge's philistinism. Mine was clearly the more original piece. I know you're a more original kid, that's the problem, said my crypto-lesbian civics teacher, Miss Campbell Heron. People are trained to like what they've already heard. They got no imagination, and that's why Reagan's gonna win in the fall. I had trusted Miss Campbell Heron implicitly ever since her reconstruction of the famous Milgram experiment during a Fiddler on the Roof rehearsal. One, two, three, try to it was disguised as a trust exercise. Cast members were instructed by an authority figure, Miss C.H. herself, to press a button that would administer mild but gradually increasing electric shocks into the head of cast member Todd Croy. We had no idea the electrodes were fake. And that Todd, a minor chorus member, was capable of such nuanced work. Then it was my turn. Do it, Mackay! Every member of the cast followed her orders to press the fucking button until we had pushed the voltage well into the red danger zone. You know what just happened here? The Holocaust just happened here, people. And I think we're ready for our first run-through. Standing in a cardboard shtetl in my false beard during the opening number, I dreamed of a world where authority was eternally questioned, where no one heard anything more than once, and where I could sit on my own front steps and not recognize a single person walking by. Who the hell are they? In a way, I dreamed of becoming my mother. They're here to see Kian, Miss Maeve. They're sleeping in the dirt. Look at them, they're filthy. I'll be right out, Mom. We love you, Mrs. Mackay. We've been following you. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Mom, can you hear me? No. Hey, from Yvette, your ninth grade GF. What? Skype me at the number one Patrice Russian fan, 9376. No way. Hold on, hold on. Oh my fucking God, <laughs> Yvette. Hey, Head. How are you? I'm fine. I was just about to talk about you. Shut up. I'm serious. You know, I can't see you right now on the Skype. Oh, I don't like cameras. Honey, that is not fair. Okay, hold on. Let me take this little piece of tape off the The laptop. fuck are you? Some kind of paranoid you conspiracy freak? You just don't know. You are like a dangerous shut-in. Oh, just nothing but round, soft corners. <laughs> Please, for the rest of our lives. <laughs> oh. oh, my God, there you are. Look. What? Oh, You're the same. There's a little bit more of me. Shut up. Very oh, little. But I like this cue ball look you've got going. Well, you've got the head for it, Head. It's an involuntary fashion choice, <laughs> let's say. Stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's been, what, like 30, 30 years? 30 years since the reunion at the Applebee's Table for Five. That's right, because everyone else was in jail. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> right? a real group of winners. Where the hell are you? I'm over in um, American Beach. That's by uh, Jacksonville. I just got home from church. Really? Are you bragging? Uh, or complaining. <laughs> I'm just an old southern lady sitting around heaven all day. Yvette at the church? Yeah, I know. I know. It's just they were they were very helpful when I got hit by Hurricane Durandon. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a really, that was a bad uh, name. Yeah, yeah, it was. Bad name. 
Storm was worse. <laughs> but what kind of god would allow me to buy beachfront fucking property? <laughs> oh, we're, are we live right now? Yeah, but it's a safe crowd. Mm, what am I worried about? I can't be fired. I'm retired. Oh, really? Yeah. From what? From the Navy. Yeah? I did pretty well. Got all the way up to Master Grand Wizard Petty Officer. <laughs> you know, Iraq and everything. Wow, that must have been, uh, must have been amazing, huh? It was, a. Uh, it was something. Head, I'm sorry I never looked you up after I left. I, I, oh, hon. You know, Mama told me to leave the baby with her. She said, uh, I've raised 13, what's one more? Yeah. You don't argue with a lonely woman. And she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, but she got big. Oh. Yeah, when she prays, it's like a kneeling bus. <laughs> Y'all, don't tell her I said that. <laughs> Please don't. Oh. So tell me, where is your daughter? Oh, my daughter's in the Navy as well. Okay. Yeah, and she finally started speaking to me again. Small triumph. I'll take it. What about Dick? He always struck me as a basically good guy. Yeah, Dick was basically a guy who always struck me. I'm sorry. Who's that? That's Kim. He's bald as a melon. Is that your... Say hello to your mother for me. Take a shower. Hey, Mom. I can smell you from here. Yvette says hi. Do you remember Yvette? Oh, Yvette had a baby. Yes. Is it yours, Kian? <laughs> no, no, Mrs. Mackay. How are you doing? My... And she's eating a cookie. Well, we had a good run. We did. You're always going to lose to a cookie. God, last I remember, she was organizing all of those trips to Lourdes? Yeah, well, when you can't have visions, you make friends with visionaries. Yeah. What about that really, uh, that willful girl who, um, used to see the Virgin Mary in her pimples? Charisma. Right, Charisma. What an ironic name. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really know what happened to her, and that's, uh, that's a, a whole thing. Okay. What about your dad? How's he doing? He didn't know he passed. He passed like oh. a few years ago, yeah. Alzheimer's. Oh, baby, both with Alzheimer's. Yeah, you know, I'll forget all about it soon enough. <laughs> Stop it. I'm joking while I still can. <laughs> so, are you married now? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I'm living alone. I'm hoping that my daughter will uh, move in with me when she cashes out of the Navy. Okay. What about you? Are you with someone? I am not seeing anyone. I saw someone for a while, up until right, actually right before the tumor. He was a South African guy named Jairo, and uh, he was he was a lot younger. Mm. I love a younger man. Mm-hmm. They don't spend a lot of time living in the past because they ain't got none. <laughs> I'm sorry, hon. This is the tumor laughing. That's okay, honey. Sometimes right. she's kind of happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, honey. Look, had I get my pension check soon, and I'll be sure to pledge. Oh, I don't need that from you, hon. 
I, uh, I got it. <sighs> Remember how we used to sing to Teddy Pendergrass in the back of your El Camino? <laughs> and that song by Ronnie Castro and Carla... And Carla Bottoms. Bottoms. Yes. I was just listening to it. I got it on my cue right here. Hold on. Oh, honey, I, I no, have hun, to hun, go. Hun. No, 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 listen, listen. Love me little. Oh, I remember. I'm not committed. Come on, sing with me. What's so wrong with that? Oh, honey, we should have got married, right? (laughs) Old fashioned gay married, closet case and fag hag, the match that lasts. (laughs) Shit. Probably. Right? Yeah. You could cut me into your health plan. Oh, oh, hon, I'm not. I'm kidding. Oh. You come visit me. Yeah, I of course I will. I have to come visit Mama, so... Kill two yeah. birds? In a manner of speaking. If anyone was to kill me, I would want it to be you. Oh, what do I do with that? <laughs> Shit, Head, I really, I really have to go. I know, and it's okay. I love you. I love you, too. God bless. Kian. Mom. You're sad. I am, Mom. It's because you don't believe in God. Maybe. You were meant to be a priest. (laughs) Oh, my God. My mother just threw her teeth at my head. Folks, where are you going to get this kind of entertainment value? Huh? For the dollar. For the non-dollar. Thanks a lot, Mom. Good job. (laughs) Pledge it up. Yeah. Millery, what do we got? $6,286. Yes. Finally. Yeah. Maybe I can afford that helper monkey I've got my eye on. Okay, where were we? Me and Yvette. We smoked a lot of swag in my Pinto, planning our escapes. Hers to the military, mine to Kansas University in nearby Lawrence, which my dad called Liberal House on the Prairie, and where my literary hero, William S. Burroughs, had just retired. Everything is permitted. <laughs> That's what I thought, Lighty. But when I wanted a major in creative writing, my art theory professor, Karen Gunt, found my choice problematic. This is from a short film I made in school. It's inspired by true events. You might as well major in creative appropriation, Mr. Mackay. Plato was right. All fiction is suspect. But Professor Gunt, it's Gunt. Think of it this way. If you didn't experience your character's story, you don't get to tell it. This will be on the test, people. That's crazy. What about metaphor? A term invented by Greek pedophiles. Like Plato? I mean, why not just cancel art? Well, the only art form that can hope to avoid the charge of appropriation is autobiography, and then only when accompanied by the appropriate consent waivers and, well, let's call them trigger warnings. That's ridiculous. What about freedom of speech? A law written by slave owners. Interesting, Mr. Shank. I'd just like to take this opportunity to say that as a straight white male, I think the world has heard enough from me. I think that's a courageous thing. And so I decided to say nothing in class for the next 
four years. Thank you, Mr. Shank. How about we and all And I urge turn all of my fellow privileged classmates to follow suit. What are you talking about? That's absurd. You're absurd and racist. Professor Gunt. Gunt. I'm done. And the mask slips to reveal the misogyny. You're a dying breed. Time will tell, Mr. Mackay. Don't let the door hit you on your way. Fuck! The real Professor Gunt was not amused by my film. She failed me. Wary of oppressing anyone further, I switched my major to gay white male literature with a minor in lifetime disappointment. My parents stopped their checks. I had to drop out, but I was determined to find a gainful perch on the narrow ledge between cutting edge and marginal. Fortune smiled in the form of a diarrhea-colored Datsun operated by none other than William S. Burroughs. He was driving slower than I was walking down Leonard Avenue with that nose peering over the top of the steering wheel like a vulture. I had to think fast but move carefully. I stepped off the curb early enough to allow him to locate the brake. Jesus, fucking curbside cul-de-sac cunt. He stopped three yards short of me, so I was forced to feign impact and fall writhing to the asphalt. Jaywalking son of a bitch. Are you dead? No. Get up then. It worked. Get in the back of the goddamn car. Fuck yourself out of my goddamn car, hitting my bumper, ruining my bank job. Within minutes, I was reclining on his battered couch with an iced knee and a hot bourbon served up by a solicitously cranky Bill. I came to Lawrence to find myself, Mr. Burroughs. Don't worry about it. They'll find you. They'll track you down. Bill's longtime companion, James, didn't raise an eyebrow when Bill took me on as part-time houseboy and methadone mule. They'll find you after you're dead. I tried to get Bill to read my puerile attempts at existential memoir. They'll find you in your FBI files and self-renewing porn subscriptions. But he was far more interested in basement target practice. That will outlive you like dead Cambodian cities. Through a custom-made eight-foot silencer. Devoured by the jungle of your meaninglessness. In the future, we will all be anonymous for 15 minutes. Occasionally, he let me fuck him during the evening news. I tried to get him in the missionary position to look into his eyes and test America's three-minute rule. Maybe it would be easier to meet the gaze of a genius who refused to acknowledge the existence of love. Would that make it less scary? But he preferred it from behind. Did you know that in the Middle Ages, every sperm was considered a tiny person or homunculus that only needed to be dropped off in any old uterus to grow into a fetus? In other news, Rock Hudson has died. If true, it follows that Adam's balls contain the entire future population of the world. The screen legend succumbed to what was believed to be an AIDS-related infection. Which explained how original sin was passed down like a virus. I immediately pulled out and yanked up my pants. I had never been tested. Hey, what's the idea? James was suddenly at the door. Bill, 
Can you come out here, please? I gotta go talk to him. What the fuck? I had never been tested. I could have infected William Burroughs. William Burroughs could have infected me. I suddenly spied his gold-plated 38 lying on the bed. That would pay for a lot of hospice treatment if it ever came to it. They say Jean Genet never left a party with both arms the same length. I pocketed the revolver and ran. They caught up with me at the Greyhound station. From his raincoat pocket, Bill pointed a gun or finger at me. Get in. James pushed me in the Dotson stuffed a Kmart bag over my head and they drove a long way out of town. I was terrified. Now guys, let's not do anything. No! They dumped me in a gutter in downtown Junction City. And don't come back! Yeah, you can fuck my ass and eat my lunch, but nobody touches my snuff nose 38! I moved back into my parents' house to lick my wounds. I got tested. Negative. I'd never been fucked. I was always the fucker. A couple of weeks later, James forwarded me a letter from my favorite jazz-singing junkie aunt, Ida. I wondered why he'd bothered, then I noticed it had been open. Ida had recently uh, gotten clean at a rehab run by these really cool nuns, and uh, she ended up both kicking and taking the habit. She became, and get this, one of the sisters of the reparation of the most grievous wounds of Jesus. That's real. And she took the name Sister Max. I carried the letter up to my bedroom to read it. My beautiful fucked up Kian. I haven't seen you in a while, so this is a hard letter to write. But I've pushed everybody away, and I don't know who else to turn to. Kian, I recently found out that I contracted AIDS. Yeah. All those years of shooting up. Perfect, huh? I'm the one who gets it without even getting laid. The sisters are kind, but I feel their horror of me. And I don't want to die here alone with them. Please come to me. Love you either way, kid. Always did. Always will. I didn't want to see her die. So I didn't respond. I stayed in my parents' house for the next 20 years with the closet door locked tight, praying the virus couldn't cross the blood-brain barrier of the Great Plains. All I had left was my journals, my stories, my songs, my unappropriated life. So I began my autobiography at age 28, and I am still writing it. I substitute taught for a few years at my old school, mostly bachelor living class, which was home ec for boys. I taught them how to be alone, or gay, meaning alone. 
But then I got fired for letting it slip that condoms exist. Okay, I thought, here we go. I strapped myself into the zero-sum seesaw of life. I scored that job at the library, but I lost a friend to get it. Dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but then he remembered that he loved me. Then I lost Dad, but got the house. Finally, I lost the house and had to force Mom into a home. You know, I could handle it all. I, I really could, as long as it went into the work, as long as the beast was fed. But then the internet raised its many heads and took a toll on my writing. Environmental ADD, what's the thrill of one thing well done to two things half done or 10 things barely touched? I forced myself into a blog, you know, to move forward. But finally, I stopped writing completely after a series of cruel user comments from my mom. <laughs> I binged on box wine and grinder till 2010 until I finally hit my bottom. He hit me back and kicked me out of his house. I ended up here, Centerpoint Trailer Corp, my last link to the world, the fraying thread of a neighbor's Wi-Fi. I lay in bed for days, disasturbating. The epiphany came while licking the last of the blow off my MacBook Pro. I had just accidentally WhatsApped my mom a pic of my anus. Ian, you don't have the mouth for a beard. And I realized I had to turn it off. I had to turn it all off. I fed my fucking phone to the garbage disposal. I went out to the yard. I made a bonfire of my devices and my vices. And I said a few words over the fire. I hereby resolve to eliminate every obstacle between me and my writing. I will sell my car, my cannabis, and my cat. I will live on rice and beans without sriracha. I will work nine to five at the library. And from six to 12, I will toil on a volume that will never see its shelves. Its title, The Great American Grovel, a multimedia memoir of prose, poetry, and song that will never be shared, never exposed to the oxidizing glare of unkind eyes during my lifetime. And I shall bequeath my untarnished opus to a yet unborn K-State branding major who will be free to posthumously exploit and merchandise me. All profits will go to the nearest child born at the exact moment of my death. God, being alone never felt so right. As I squint into the bonfire, I have a vision of the future where my heart has the right to remain unbroken. But of course my mind wanders back to my first love. God, I can't quite remember when he left me. Was it the night Fenton died? Was it the first time my dad looked at me and saw a stranger? Was it the day I heard my sweet Aunt Ida took her own life to spare herself any more pain. God, if we met again, would we even recognize each other? And if we did, who would look away first? When I think about you, I think it's all been said before. The words rang true. 
of a thought Caught between what you want and what you bought Are you the final thread that binds the world to me? just come when you've stopped looking.
Homunculus was written and composed by John Cameron Mitchell and Brian Weller. Directed by John Cameron Mitchell. Executive produced by Howard Gertler and for Topic Studios, Lisa Leingang and Lital Molad. Edited by Brian Cates and Ali Muni. Sound designed by Kate Belinsky and Greg Switlowski and mixed by Greg Switlowski and Steve Bone. Recording engineers, Vincent Cachione and Patrick Darabas. Associate director, Zan Vilento. Music director, Brian Cavanaugh-Strong. Music mix by Pat Dillette and casting by Henry Russell Bergstein. Featuring John Cameron Mitchell, Glenn Close, Nakane, Patti Lupone, Shalewa Sharp, Ben Foster, Justin Vivian Bond, Bridget Everett, Lorelai Ramirez, Zan Vilento, James Monroe Eigelhart, Catherine Allison, Gail Thomas, Luke Slattery, Mari Moriarty, Peter Scalari, and Brian Weller. Anthem is a production of Little Punk and Topic Studios. For more about the show and soundtrack, go to topic.com slash anthem. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.